People do crazy things for money, and throughout history, they have also used crazy things as money. Cows, stones, and gold coins that weigh a hundred kilograms have all served as currency. Naturally, as soon as a new form of currency pops into circulation, a new form of criminal will begin trying to knock it off, with the exception of cows. I couldn't find any historical references to criminals trying to pass fake cows as cash. Bottom line, for thousands of years, money has made the world go round and made people go nuts. Cows are the oldest currency in the world. Cows were domesticated in roughly 9,000 BC, and people began using them as currency almost immediately. In fact, in parts of Africa, cows are still used as money. A couple of years ago, a South African software developer created a firestorm when he developed an app to assess a woman's labola, or bride price, as a combination of cash and cattle. According to that app, a 25-year-old woman with a job who considers herself to be very beautiful and has both children and a high school certificate would command a price of $500 and no cows on the marital market. After being appropriately perceived as offensive, sexist, and degrading to women, the app was updated to include a groom price as well. Classy move. The oldest bank still in operation today isn't exactly a mountain of piety. The Monte de Pieta was founded in 1472 in what was then the Republic of Siena. In 1624, when the bank was incorporated into Tuscany, it was given the current name Banco Monte dei Pachi di Siena. The bank's beautiful headquarters in Siena look like the perfect setting for a Hollywood heist movie. In fact, the building has seen its fair share of high-level drama and scandal over the years. In 2013, it was revealed that mismanagement, fraud, poor investments, and misinformation had left the bank in financial ruin and in need of a bailout. As I write this, the Monte Dei Pachi de Siena's future is still up in the air. The U.S. Secret Service protects more money than presidents. According to SecretService.gov, the U.S. Secret Service, the organization we most often associate with protecting the personal safety of the President of the United States, was created on July 5, 1865 in Washington, D.C. to suppress counterfeit currency. At the time, it was estimated that at least a third of the currency in circulation in the country was fake. The Secret Service didn't begin to take on presidential protection until 1902, which is too bad because, ironically, President Lincoln was assassinated by John Wilkes Booth the day Lincoln established the Secret Service. For the past 115 years, the Secret Service has continued to investigate fraud while also ensuring the safety of foreign and domestic diplomats. From 2003 to 2008, the organization made nearly 29,000 arrests for counterfeiting, cybercrime, and financial crimes, and seized nearly 300 million in counterfeit currency while preventing nearly 12 billion in losses. Guess that means protecting the president's backside is actually their side gig. A tale of two counterfeiters, old school and bold school. In 1938, some funny money started turning up around Manhattan. The counterfeit bills were unique for a few different reasons. They were very poorly executed, they were used infrequently, no more than 50 per month, and they were all $1 bills. Most counterfeiters during that time, and most other times, favored larger bills. 
After all, if you were going to risk imprisonment, conventional wisdom said that you might want to manufacture more than just petty cash. The other confusing aspect to this counterfeit case was that the bills were never used at the same location twice. Authorities were baffled. Who was this crazy counterfeiter? For 10 years, the Secret Service hunted for this $1 bandit, referring to him by his case number as Mr. 880. As it turns out, Mr. 880 was an old widower named Edward Mueller. Mr. Mueller had spent most of his life as an average Joe, but when his wife passed away, something inside him snapped. He quit his job, became a junk collector, and then started printing the extra cash when he realized that his new profession wouldn't exactly pay the bills for him and his dog. The manhunt for Mr. 880 was frustrating both financially and morally for the Secret Service. Every time one of his fake bills showed up, agents would be dispatched to the business where the cash was passed. The agents would then take great pains to educate the shopkeepers on what to look for when trying to spot fake currency. However, because Mueller never hit the same joint twice, the training was a waste of time. Mr. 880 was finally caught in 1945 at the age of 73. He was sentenced to a year in jail, but his sentence was eventually reduced to only four months. A movie about him was made in 1950 called Mr. 880, starring Burt Lancaster. Mueller made more money from that movie than he did during his entire counterfeiting career. Now, if Mueller's four-month prison sentence seems a little bit light, wait until you hear about this next guy. Frank Barossa was a small-time Canadian drug dealer and former car thief when he began making counterfeit U.S. $20 bills in the late 2000s. Funnily enough, Barasa learned exactly what features he needed to include in his fake bills by studying U.S. government websites. He struck a deal with a European paper mill for the perfect stock by convincing them that he was making $20 bonds. Armed with materials and knowledge, Barasa then printed $250 million in U.S. 20s and began selling them to overseas buyers at 30 cents on the dollar. Eventually, he sold to an undercover agent and was arrested for counterfeiting in 2014. But that's when Barassa's story really gets interesting. Upon arresting Barassa at his home, police found roughly a million dollars in counterfeit bills. Over the next couple months, as Canadian and U.S. forces searched for more fake cash, Barassa struck a deal with his prosecutors— he would turn over an additional $200 million if they agreed to let him off with time served. In the end, the prospect of keeping the fake $200 million out of circulation was too good to pass up and the authorities let Barasa go free.